Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily reading conference call where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today is um, our beloved brother Lee's birthday on the earthly plane, which follows our beloved brother Carl and our beloved sisters, twin sisters, Reverend Regent and Jacob. It's been quite a birthday celebration in the last 48 hours. Just want you to know that we love you all very, very much. <laughs> so today we are reading from the manual for teachers. We are reading um, section 11, How is Peace Possible in This World? Four short paragraphs. Um, you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and you will see on the menu bar, online edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice, and then we open up the call for sharing. We also invite our workbook lesson into our study today. It's Lesson 348. I have no cause for anger or fear, for you surround me. In every need that I perceive, your grace suffices me. Hmm. Finally, we ask that you meet your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute um, function on your device. So at this time, I'm going to turn the call over to birthday girl, Reverend Rija, stay late, and um, do our morning prayer. Reverend Rija. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Just want to mention that Tom Whitmore, who is president of Sims, who whose idea it was to publish the original edition. His birthday is today as well, so I just want to mention that. And uh, we also have another person in our group, uh, Steve Dermody, and he's come on the call, uh, at, uh, I think, at least once. So um, just want to wish happy birthday to, to Tom. Wait, I just mean to interrupt, but I can't put all these birthdays are on the same. <laughs> you, yep. well, obviously your sister, Carl Lee, Tom and I don't know Steve. Steve, listen. So wow. Yeah. That's no mistake, huh? All these Sagittarians. <laughs> oh, you can I tell you, this is Carl. Can I tell you a quick little short, yeah. kind of funny story? Yeah. Um, about 20 years. Let's see. No, 30 years ago, we lived in Springfield, Illinois, and uh, our next door neighbors were really, really good friends. And my oldest son was like nine years old. And his father, <clears throat> our neighbor's boy, uh, uh, who was my friend as well, we shared the same birthday. And our uh, nine-year-old sons, well, one was eight and one was nine, said, yeah, but my father's older than your father. <laughs> Meaning they were, so, you know, it's better to be older. <laughs> so... I'm going to have to remember that. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> My father's older than your father. Funny how All right, birthday change. people. Here we go. Okay. So we'll begin with the birthday lesson for this day, December 14th. I'd like to bring that to mind as we close our eyes. And we... we begin to feel that peace that comes when we are still, when we draw within and let go of all the thoughts that we normally have and open to new thoughts. There are true thoughts, our real thoughts that come from love. They come from who we truly are. 
the Son of God. So we open to a blessing today, the blessing of the lesson for today, Lesson 348. I have no cause for anger or for fear, for you surround me, and in every need that I perceive, your grace suffices me. If I but truly knew and always remembered who walks beside me, I, I would live within that grace forever. Why would I ever become angry? And why would I ever fear? I am surrounded by the only reality that is, which is love. I have no need but to remember this today and always. And so our lesson we have this beautiful prayer, quote, Father, let me remember you are here and I am not alone. Surrounding me is everlasting love. I have no cause for anything except the perfect peace and joy I share with you. What need have I for anger or for fear? Surrounding me is perfect safety. Can I be afraid when your eternal promise goes with me? Surrounding me is perfect sinlessness. What can I fear when you created me in holiness as perfect as your own? God's grace suffices us in everything that he would have us do and only that we choose to be our will as well as his. And so it is today and every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's beautiful, Reverend How is peace possible in this world? This is a question everyone must ask. Certainly, peace seems to be impossible. Yet the Word of God promises other things that seem impossible as well as this. His Word has promised peace. It has also promised that there is no death, that resurrection must occur, and that the rebirth is man's inheritance. The world you see cannot be the world God loves, and yet his word assures us that he loves the world. God's word has promised us that peace is possible here, and what he promises can hardly be impossible. But it is true that the world must be looked at differently if his promises are to be accepted. What the world is, is but a fact. You cannot choose what this should be, but you can choose how you would see it. And indeed, you must choose this. Reverend Rija, one and two, please. How is peace possible in this world? One, this is a question everyone must ask. Certainly, peace seems to be impossible. Yet the word of God promises other things that seem impossible, as well as this. His word has promised peace. It has also promised that there is no death, that resurrection must occur, and that rebirth is man's inheritance. The world you see cannot be the world God loves. And yet his word assures us that he loves the world. God's word has promised us that peace is possible here 
and what he promises can hardly be impossible. But it is true that the world must be looked at differently if his promises are to be accepted. What the world is, is but a fact. You cannot choose what this should be, but you can choose how you would see it. Indeed, you must choose this. And two, again we come to the question of judgment. This time, ask yourself whether your judgment or the word of God is more likely to be true. For they say different things about the world and things so opposite that it is pointless to try to reconcile them. God offers the world salvation. Your judgment would condemn it. God says there is no death. Your judgment sees but death as the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says it is unlovable. Who is right? For one of you is wrong. It must be so. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Carl, two and three, please. Again, we come to the question of judgment. This time, ask yourself whether your judgment Ask yourself whether your judgment or the word of God is more likely to be true. For they say different things about the world, and things so opposite that it is pointless to try to reconcile them. God offers the world salvation. Your judgment would condemn it. God says that there is no death. Your judgment sees but death as the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says it is unlovable. Who is right? For one of you is wrong. It must be so. 3. The text explains that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all problems you have made. These problems are not real, but that <clears throat> excuse me, these problems are not real, but that is meaningless to those who believe in them. And everyone believes in what he made, for it was made by his believing in it. And to this strange and paradoxical situation, one without meaning and devoid of sense, yet out of no way which seems possible, God has set his judgment to answer yours. Gently, his judgment substitutes for yours. And through this substitution is the ununderstandable made understandable. How is peace possible in this world? If your judgment is not possible and can never be possible, let me read that again, that didn't come out right. In, in your judgment, it is not possible and can never be possible. But in the judgment of God, what is reflected here is only peace. Thank you, birthday boy. Somebody um, announce the uh, name of this section, please. I missed it. Certainly. We're reading um, section 11 in the Manual for Teachers, and we're reading How is Peace Possible in This World? Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And, um, okay, so that was, okay, Paula, three and four, please. The text explains that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all problems you have made. These problems are not real, 
but that is meaningless to those who believe in them. And everyone believes in what he made, for it was made by his believing it. Into this strange and paradoxical situation, one without meaning and devoid of sense, yet out of which no way seems possible, God has sent his judgment to answer yours. Gently, his judgment substitutes for yours, and through his substitution is the under ununderstandable made understandable. How is peace possible in this world? In your judgment, it is not possible. It can never be possible. But in the judgment of God, what is reflected here is only peace. Four. Peace is impossible to those who look on war. Peace is inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily, then, is your judgment of the world escaped? It is not the world that makes peace seem impossible. Is it not the world that makes peace seem impossible? It is the world you see that is impossible. Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it? Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it and made it fit to welcome peace? And peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here, here, because a thought of God has entered. What else but a thought of God turns hell to heaven, merely by being what it is? The earth bows down before its gracious presence, and it leans down to answer, to raise it, raise it up again. Now is the answer different. It is no longer, quote, can peace be possible in this world? Unquote. But instead, it is not impossible that peace be absent here. Thank you, Paula. And I Hallelujah. Uh, Paula, <laughs> thank you, Paula. And Ida, four, please. Okay, thank you. Four. Peace is impossible to those who look on war. Peace is inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily, then, is your judgment of the world escaped? It is not the world that makes peace seem impossible. It is the world you see that is impossible. Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it and made it fit to welcome peace. And peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here, because a thought of God has entered. What else but a thought of God turns hell into heaven merely by being what it is? The earth bows down before its gracious presence, and it leans down in answer to raise it up again. Now is the question different. It is no longer, can peace be possible in this world? But instead, is it not impossible that peace be absent here? Thank you, Ida. Um, Let me see. Wendy, any chance you're on the call? 
I'm here. Are you in a place, um, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I was thinking if you, if anyone missed the beginning of the call, it turns out that this is a celebration of birthdays beyond birthdays. And with what we read, I was thinking, I know someone who sings like an angel. I was wondering if you would offer a song uh, of peace to our birthday brethren, which is Reverend Rija, her sister twin, Jaka, um, Reverend Brother uh, Carl, Reverend Brother Lee, Reverend Tom Whitmore, and then um, our brother Steve, who also listens. You got Holy something God. in your pocket? I know. Is that crazy? Well, sure. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. I'm, and we'll I'm offer it as a prayer to everyone. Okay. Some of you have heard it already, but it's the one I can do off of someone. Make me your instrument. Make me your song. Sing me as your clarion. Sweet, clear, and strong. Time me and tune me and harmonize our part. Make me an instrument of your heart. Make me your instrument. Make me your song. Sing me to those in need. Sing me to those who long. Whisper me so wistfully like an angel winging still. Make me an instrument. Of your will through my mind, the love of mankind. On my heart strings, please drum until kingdom come. In tones of every color, let your brilliance. And make me an instrument of your soul. Make me your instrument. Make me your song. Play me as a lullaby all night long. Found me so peacefully, like the cooing of a dove. Make me an instrument of your love. For all that I'm worth, bring me peace. I'm complete. Ah, that was a great one. Thank you so much, Wendy. Oh, Wendy. 
Wendy, you know. Wendy. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Wendy. You. We miss your voice at Unity. <laughs> so, Wendy, where where can we get the CD? Yeah. I, I can send you an MP3. Oh, that would be tale. great. <laughs> Both us? Oh, that's wonderful. I'd like one, too. <laughs> Thank yeah, you she, so much. The, the Holy Spirit gave me that song, you know, kind of wrote it for me. So. Ooh, you wrote that. Oh, wonderful with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's on a, a disc that Unity put out with the choir, and she has a solo on that. So I have her uh, CD. It's great. Wow. <clears throat> Wendy, that's just exceptional. Thank you, dear. Wow. Best birthday present ever, ever, huh, guys? Yeah, that was terrific. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you, and happy birthday to all of you blessed ones and everybody else. Happy re-birthday. Yeah, I'm feeling a little left out. I don't have a birthday today. <laughs> yes, but we'll have a birthday sometime, and we know how time really is, don't we? <laughs> every day, <clears throat> Chris, every day is a birth time. Every time we wake in the little little we're reborn, so it's every day. Every uh, holy instant, particularly. You got it. Oh, that's great, you guys. Yeah. So happy birthday to all my brothers and sisters. Yes, and happy birthday to me. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Real, um, Wendy, if you get a second too, if you would be so kind to post your lyrics too, because I think they go beautifully with our reading today. Just perfect. Okay. Thanks. Oh, great. Okay, the floor's open. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before the floor's open, um, just want to remind everyone that it seems to be a lot of people on the call today, so if we would be comfortable in the pregnant pauses to let others share. And also, um, we had a, Lee had a great idea. Like, we'll go through this um, for a few minutes, and then maybe we'll go back paragraph by paragraph. Okay? I'm complete. That would be great. Can we go back to the one that Dr. Wapnick didn't get? about the one, the world is the way God made it. The world is just a fact. (laughs) And it was straightened out by the CIMS. Thank God. Well, that's this this whole chapter, if that's what you want to call it. I mean, you're right. It's... uh, as as we were reading this, uh, I was thinking, because this is one of Lee's favorite, uh, well, no, I should say it this way. I was wondering, Lee, if this was one of your favorite um, uh, chapters. <laughs> I'm complete. It is one of my favorite uh, sections, but just because of how how... Uh, how much it puts squarely on each of us, how much it puts squarely on me, um, both the right and the responsibility to see the world um, so completely differently that I could be brought to a place where I could ask, is it not impossible that peace be absent in my world? That's uh, that's why I like it. It's really uh, puts it each on each of us uh, as uh, as that potential thanks you know 
Thank you, Lee. This is Carl again. This, for me, today's lesson leads right into right into um, this section that, that we just finished reading. Because when you read the prayer and you and you truly uh, uh, think about the words, the word surrounding, you know, surrounding me is everlasting love. Well, love, God life, light, it's all the same. So surrounding me is everlasting love. Surrounding me is perfect sinlessness. And then when you think about the word surrounding, and, and you say to yourself, well, if God surrounds me, where does God end? Is it just surrounding me? Or is God infinite? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. God is infinite. And, and therefore, if God is infinite, if love, light, love, life, light is infinite, then when you move to this section, uh, just for me, it just falls right into place. I'm complete. Thank and you. the lovely Mother Earth is part of God's love. It's not some illusion. I'm complete. Thank you. And, and the, the truth is, there is nothing that is not part of God's love. God's love includes everything. There is no end, and there is no beginning. I'm complete. Thank you. Reverend Regent, what do you say? How about a prayer for our lesson today, uh, along with um, our reading? Sure. You know, got sung to this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll we'll pray together. We'll close our eyes and come together in that holy communion of souls. And we have come together today with faith, with faith in the miracle. And the miracle is that shift in how we see our world. Perhaps we've seen it outside of ourselves. Perhaps we thought we had cause for anger or for fear. But today we're learning that it is not so. The world is how I see it. How am I seeing it? With what eyes am I looking? We have been given the Holy Spirit. We have been given the Christ mind to see this world as it truly is because there's one reality, love, not fear, unity. And this we look on today. We are told, I let all things be exactly as they are. They're already perfect. There is peace. We just need to open to seeing what is already there. Not what our fear shows us. We see what love shows us. And that is peace. Is peace possible? How is it not possible when we look with the eyes of Christ? And so we are the light the light of the world that's why we came 
see what is already there, the perfection of our Creator. This we choose today in every holy instant. And we're reminded with our lesson and with our reading. Only peace is possible. Only love. Only eternity. This we choose. And by this we are filled with grace. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. My affirmation today is I want to see everyone and everything today and every day with the peace of God. I want the peace of God. I'm complete. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Ada. This is Reverend Rita Joy. Uh, in our course group yesterday, as we always do, we listened to Maz uh, in his uh, audio of the special topic, which now is what is a miracle. And then we listened to the lesson, and we sit in silence for two minutes. And yesterday when we were listening to what is a miracle, what stood out for me is in the second paragraph uh, toward the end where it says um, yet faith will bring its witnesses now let me read the whole paragraph the miracles taken first on faith because to ask for it implies the mind has been made ready to conceive of what it cannot see and does not understand yet faith will bring its witnesses to show that what it rested on is really there and thus the miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than what you saw before a world redeemed from what you thought you saw and I'm reminded of once again those who have seen the world through different eyes And what they said most often was it was so real. It's not, um, it's not like this some fantasy that we tried to make real. More real than what you saw before. A world redeemed from what you thought you saw. That's the miracle. That's why, that's what this course is. It's a, it's uh, A Course in Miracles. That's the shift. Huge. Uh, yesterday in our group, someone said there, there will always be... I just realized this <laughs> as we were reading. Uh, they said, there will always be war. There always was war. There will always be war. And I thought, uh, yes, in the ego's view, uh, you know, in the misperception, yes, when I'm looking through the eyes of illusion... And misperception, that is what's so. But I have a choice to look with the eyes of love to see what's real. A world redeemed from what you thought you saw. 
And he said, when we choose peace, that's what we will have. Those who see peace will have it. Those who see war will have war. So I, I choose peace and love today. And every holy instant I remember. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Thanks, Reverend Rachel. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. That was beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Good morning, guys. It's Lee. The, um, what stands out for me, I think, in these four paragraphs is this curiosity that, um, that we're told so many times uh, that, that God loves the world. So for me, I set aside the question of of um, how to define or or um, distinguish what world he can be asking or uh, referring to, but in reference just to those lines, the world you see cannot be the world God loves, and yet His Word assures us that He loves the world. So I don't let myself. I mean, one way to approach that is just uh, meditatively for me. Don't get my intellect engaged in wondering or trying to figure out what this world is, but just go to the substance of the sentence. Apparently, there is a world God loves um, that I don't. There's a world that God loves that I don't love, that I don't know enough yet to to love. And apparently that world that God loves escapes my sight. That's what I get from the first part of that sentence. This is midway in paragraph one. The world I see cannot be the world God loves. And yet his word assures me that he loves the world. Um, The easiest way for me to open to the question, the essential question for me in this whole section, um, and that essential question is, where or how need I look in order to find the world that God assures me that he loves? Um, And what need I do to love that world as well? Where or how need I look in order to find the world God loves? And how may I come to love that world as he does? One little clue for me 
is that I've learned in the Course in Miracles when he says the world you see. It's a short form of the world as you perceive it. And the world as I perceive it always stands between myself and the world as it is. My mistaken perceptions and misrepresentation of you and everything stands between me and what you genuinely are. My misrepresentations and misperceptions stand between everything as it is and my awareness. Apparently, my misperception is responsible for what I feel that's other than peace across this life. My misperceptions and misrepresentations of everything are responsible for why I would wonder, is peace even possible in this world? And I think where he's taking me in this is the offer that there's some place I could be led in my understanding where the ununderstandable becomes understandable. And I can recognize everything that terrified me or, or um, disheartened me or angered me or embittered me. Everything had been by merit of my lack of understanding that made everything appear in the way it does to me and that there is a measure of understanding that knows what to do with the appearance of war and conflict so that my heart isn't rended by what I see but where my capacity that arises from within me reflects now something unshakable where something in me is able to accord peace to all that I see because of the measure of that understanding or that vision, where something in me accords holiness to all I see because of the measure of understanding or holiness that each of us touches into. It's like we become the source of the peace we see everywhere, despite all appearance, because of some really profound shift um, that I read in this section, the Word of God assures, it's a, it's a profound shift that the Word of God assures uh, is ours because it's what we were created to be. It's the means by which we were created both to recognize our redemption and the redemption of all we see. The redemption of all that I see from the ego's really pretty foul perspective. Mm. Anyway, that's, that's, that's what I'm able to make of him repeating as often as he does um, 
that God offers the world, uh, both salvation and his love, that my judgment denies the world uh, both its salvation and um, my recognition of God's love. And, um, and by that same stroke, I deny the world my love. Four short paragraphs. Uh, what a journey just to cross four. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Excellent. Excellent. Explanation. Thanks, Lee. I hesitate whether to say this. It seems to me at this point as if the seeming lack of peace in this world, the wars that we've perceived in every country that we've been taught in history and school that we've seen, on all the media, so much it feels like the media were created just for that purpose and of course that's the ego purpose um it's not just a deep wound for people whose parents came from a war-torn country recently in time you know what does time really matter we all came in, a, in that sense from a war-torn country and so did all our relatives in the past. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, of course it is for me, but like I said, You know, today I'm feeling like when I say I want the peace of God and I want to see it in everything and everyone, you know, if I have the fortune or misfortune to to travel to some far-out star, I want to see it there. Um, I feel like I'm speaking the truth right now for everyone on this call. You know, and maybe everyone else as well. I'm complete. Thank, Thank you, you Aya. Our lives, if we give them to the voice for God, which has been sent, as the past paragraphs just pointed out. You have been sent one that guides you to the realization 
that what you thought was a planet in the solar system in a galaxy in a group is heaven. If you extract only that which grows upon the earth naturally and utilize that in your body, you will have plenty of time to learn the course because every disease you have will disappear. Not only did Dr. Gerson prove that, but a person who has no medical training proved that. I just took what he said, I did what he said, and I have a whole string of people behind me that are my friends that would have been dead. We just have to believe that we are the finders of a great treasure and see if we can convince the others that it's there. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. That interpretation you did of those paragraphs, Lee, was just magnificent. Thank you. I appreciate that, Rob. If we all understand we are interpreters by our involvement with God's world, and everyone is as unique as God is unique from us, but that does not make us separated from it. We are essential parts of creation. And everything that we can think along the lines of God will benefit every other one. It's a beautiful situation if it's viewed with God's light on it. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob, for your good heart and love. And my work. You know, if if you have love and then you have the impetus to put it into action, you will accomplish God's work. And I, I had no idea that um, I was going to be rewarded for just my interest in something that leveled everybody's playing field. Nature levels everybody's playing field. 
No matter what you have done, you go to nature in your internal metabolism, and nature clears it. But I was just experimenting with this guy's work, and I end up getting called to be on the board of governors of the second board that was invented. If you choose, you will be chosen. That's what the book says. All are chosen if you choose to listen. All I had to do was just try it. And somebody said, hey, you, you're on the board. This, this happens in everything you do. Be the voice for God as, as good as you can. It will be good enough. God loves you. You are divine beings that are being smoothed off, um, made presentable to teach God's word by his representative called she, he is us. It's all you need. You, 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 all the clay is perfect there. It just needs a little rough edges taken off. I'm complete. Uh, are you complete? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. No problem. Um, I feel as if you're talking specifically to me because of my problem over the years with the idea of a career. I wanted to do so much. I have to learn that being a mother, of course, was a big career to have, important one, and being a housewife, no matter how badly I did it, <laughs> and I did it badly, <laughs> was an honorable thing as well, trying to have a marriage for a decade that was at at some parts, at some point, very loving, was an honorable thing too. And I see on Facebook this woman this morning who is my mom's age about, you know, in Africa who's done, was in Nairobi, who, who saved element, elephants for 50 years. She has a family too. Um... Orphaned elephants need love and attention. They need the love and attention of their tribe, of the elephants. But when they're orphaned by poachers, um, they will die. If they don't get um, loving attention basically 24-7 from somebody. And so she became that somebody. She also created a milk that mimics the natural elephant milk. I didn't know elephants were mammals. But anyway, so much that, that it saved them physically and she created a 
a compound, a sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, um, there where she lives that has saved them. She, she, it was started by herself. And then eventually she was able to hire handlers to help take care of and give love and play with the elephants. And when one was, was sort of getting sick from heartbreak, she had to bring another older orphan from the elephant she was with to another place to help this, this two-week-old baby. And the baby started to eat some more again. Um, and I think that the baby was saved. But anyway, I just... <laughs> feeling so much love for these elephants and you know like a piece of art or a person or whatever I can admire that woman and thank her and for helping us and Mother Earth and without having to be her and I and all of us are by virtue of our being children of God are worthy right the reality not the, what the ego perceives we are worthy of everything and worthy of love and we have it in reality with God just by being just by being or perhaps existing I don't know how Rob would would define those yet but um so again thank you for letting me say what there is in my heart and it, it seemed as if I rarely had a chance to do that but I'm sure that was mostly my own fear in the past. In any case, it's good to be able to do that now and to feel heard. I'm complete. Mothers are the most beautiful things in this world. And you've been a mother, and you say housewife is the next most beautiful thing in the world. You can't be everything but you can see with your vision that you just showed us that you would have done that if you had the chance. That's all that God requires. It's just beautiful. You're perfect. Everyone is. I'm complete. And Rob, I can see a book coming out by you at some point um, about how people see themselves in their careers. Allah, of course, in miracles. I'm complete. Well, I'll, I'll wait till the Holy Spirit tells me, because I'm not much of a book writer. Thank you. Complete. Boys and girls, if my theory that what Jesus is called in angelish, which is what we all speak, is correct, then everything that that being does is not only him, her, but you. Because everything that we do in the right direction is him, her. Her, him. 
this is a unity beyond anything unity church has ever thought of. This is a unity of mind. That's that's the thing right under spirit. We are all one. Everything anybody has. When when somebody comes and talks about how they're going into the backwoods to help somebody, the way um, we were hearing yesterday, and has a little trepidation, and we try to give them our courage, then that's us out there. Every time somebody interprets a passage of the Course in a way that makes our hearts happy, that's us out there. As a matter of fact, what do they call the country we live in? Us, U.S. No kings, just a regent, a marvelous regent who is the voice of God. And we realize it. Realization is the reattachment. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness and the atonement is accomplished. You have placed a lily in the hands of Jesus. And that's the fifth obstacle from the Internet. Uncomplete. Thank you, Rob. I realized I was uh, making a comment uh, just a little earlier, but I unmuted the wrong the wrong headset. Were uh, was anyone able to hear me a moment ago? Not a moment ago. We heard that beautiful uh, reiteration. <laughs> okay, that was to begin. Yeah, um, I had said that I would just dearly love to know what some of the others of you think about these four paragraphs. We have. Um, uh, 15 or 16 people with us, and um, and uh, I'd be blessed if uh, others of you would offer some comment. These paragraphs are the. It's, um, it's Rob. Go ahead. Oh, God, I've got my hands still. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Was that you, Paula? We're not hearing you, Paula.
Uh, it's Lee. I just want to, um, I guess, quickly just share where my eyes resting. Uh, this morning, it's um, it's with that last paragraph. Um, peace is impossible to those who look on war, inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily then is your judgment of the world escaped? Um, I think I'm being told here that it's my judgment on the world that is the only uh, reason for my feeling peace would be impossible in the world. That my judgment's at the heart of everything that seems to distance me from peace as I look out on the world. So it's not it's not the world, he says, that makes peace seem impossible. It's the world you see that's impossible. That for me is another um, another clue. Um, it's the world as I perceive it that's impossible. The world as I perceive it is so distant from what vision would allow me to understand of the world that I would behold a world as yet unseen to me. One that he's willing to tell me about, but that seems impossible. He says it over and over here. Seems impossible to me, but it's the way I see the world that will have turned out to have been impossible. Impossible that it be so, because it was riddled with my judgment and misunderstanding. Yet has, he says, God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it. Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it and made it fit to welcome peace. The invitation here is to go so deep. If I ask myself, what do each of these sentences mean? What do they imply? How different could this life be if I allowed his judgment to redeem this distorted world? And peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here because the thought of God has entered. It's my mind that's the entryway for this thought of God. It's, it's our minds that are the entryway for that thought of God to enter and redeem the world we stand at the center of, the world as we perceive it, the world as I perceive it. I stand at the center of. And if that thought of God is in my mind that lifts me to sufficient understanding, I stand at the center of a redeemed world because I've allowed my mind be redeemed. And it's it's so inescapable what he's saying comes of that. What else but a thought of God turns hell itself, <clears throat> turns hell into turns hell to heaven merely by being what it is. I can have my mind lit in a way that lights and transforms all I see. And the earth bows down before its gracious presence, the presence of this thought of God. 
And that thought of God leans down in answer to raise the earth up again. The earth browns down before its gracious presence and it leans down in answer to raise it up again. Now's the question different. It's no longer can peace be possible in this world. Instead, is it not impossible that it be absent here, that peace be absent here? I wish I had the time uh, to participate in the after call. I'd love to know um, what folks are thinking. And, um, I miss hearing your voices. Thanks, everybody. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Lee, you are a man and a person who speaks from his heart. And that growth in you that I wasn't there to see, the person I meet now, just bless you and bless God. That's all I can say. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, yes. Perfect. So I know we're at the end of our time, so I'm just wondering, on a practical level, applicable, what does peace look like after we've read this in a day-to-day life of of what you're seeing? I'm complete. Okay, I'll go. That's my own question. So last night I was at a dinner party and friends had a copy of um, Daily News. And I don't know if you've got, you probably see it. It's it's a very shocking, it's a very clever headlines. And they had a paper from a couple days ago and very interesting published the pictures of the CEOs and how much money they have all made since uh, Sandy Hook shooting. And of course, I'm like, I take it home because it's so salacious and oh my God, I want to read it. And after we read this paragraph, or after we read the um, section this morning, I, I threw the papers away because I thought this is just not going to bring me peace. I'm complete. Well, you're, lo- you're looking at a negative. Uh, did you ever have any person come to you with the negatives that they used to have and say, look at this really great picture. It was not a really great picture. You can't even see the picture. Unless you're a photographer, you're not going to figure out what a negative is. You have to hold it up to light and move it around and get the right kind of light behind it. It's just a negative. From it, in your mind, is developed a positive of what it would have been like if all of those CEOs had put their money shoulders behind just, you know, some reasonable gun control, but there are so many people afraid that we will turn into a kingdom that they are just 
unmovable, unmovable. And it will change. Relax. You're just looking at negatives. I'm complete. It's Rob again. If everybody works on their little picture, as advised by the Course, God will take care of the big picture. And you can just watch it change. You don't have to be upset because the Sunnis don't get along with the Shias, and they take the beautiful epitomes of Muslims, the Sufis, and they misuse them against each other. And the Sufis know they're being, they, they don't want to do that. They want to love God. Well, right in the middle of Muslims, after they join, are their beautiful examples. All of this is going to turn out fine. But if you're an eternal being and you love to watch it change, you will be there at the completion, and you will get to enjoy the party. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Reverend Rita, what do you say? Thank you, Chris. And, uh, Thank you, everyone, for being here, joining together. Uh, we'll just uh, take a few moments as we end our time together to close our eyes and once again draw the awareness within. And we center today our thoughts on the question in the Manual for Teachers of A Course in Miracles. How is peace possible in this world? That may very well be a question we ask ourselves. Perhaps it is a question many people have asked over the ages. Today I'm reminded that God promised us several things. Not only that peace is possible, but that there is no death. Resurrection must occur and rebirth is man's inheritance. That's what we read today. From the very beginning of this course, I have learned that I give everything all the meaning that it has. Yet I still seem to separate parts of my world and give them power, which is alien to me. I make a world and then I think I'm at its effect. Yet what God promises is so and I will perceive that it is so only when I look on this world differently he tells us the world is a fact and we cannot choose what that fact is but we can choose how we see it a quote from today's reading God offers the world salvation your judgment would condemn it God says there is no death your judgment sees but death is the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says it is unlovable. 
Who is right? For one of you is wrong. It must be so. We go on to read, In your judgment, it is not possible. Peace is not possible and can never be possible, but in the judgment of God. What is reflected here is only peace. Unquote. The world is lovable. Can I take in these words? Surely the world my ego sees is not the world my source loves. Yet only what is real can be the home of peace. Quote, it is not the world that makes peace impossible. It is the world you see that is impossible. In the judgment of God, what is reflected here is only peace. Unquote. And so we pray, Father, Mother God, I am laden with the burdens of this world, thinking there will always be war and strife, hatred and malice. Yet today, now, I have come to lay these burdens down and choose your yoke instead. Your yoke is light, the light of true perception. Quote, what else? But a thought of God turns hell to heaven merely by being what it is, unquote. Now I align my sight with true vision and see a world redeemed. This is the miracle. Quote, faith will bring its witnesses to show that what it rested on is really there. And thus the miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than you saw before, a world redeemed from what you thought you saw. And everywhere the signs of life spring up to show that what is born can never die, for what has life has immortality. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody.